Welcome to the What We Talked About in Class podcast, brought to you from the campus of Wayne Community College in Goldsboro, North Carolina, sponsored by the Foundation of Wayne Community College. Well, that brings us to the exciting chapter 14, using financial information and accounting. So I do have a couple of accounts in here. One, two, and you're doing accounting too, right? Or are you doing office systems? Okay. Office. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Anybody else doing accounting? No, I, 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 I think that's back What's, when the original major was right. technology. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, accounting is extremely valuable. I'm not an accountant, and I don't pretend to be one, um, but I realize the value of having accurate business data. Accounting provides that. That's what accounting is built upon, which is truth in numbers. Like, they don't, they don't want to deliver you some pie-in-the-sky, like, fake, you know, uh, assertion of what has actually happened. Accounting seeks out the truth of what actually is in the business and what the, what the numbers uh, bear out. And so that's the accounting's, accountant's goal is to uh, accurately depict what is happening uh, with the business numbers. And so we're going to go through and kind of talk about that in general terms. This is just meant as a kind of an overview of accounting. Um, of course, if you've taken accounting classes or a major in accounting, you'll go into a more detailed pursuit of that. So accounting is financial information is central to every organization. Business must be able to track income, expenses, assets, etc. Essential for decision making. Must understand basic accounting uh, to speak standard financial language of business. We examine role of accounting in business, how it contributes to a company's success, primary financial statements, and careers in accounting. Yeah, like I've said all semester, and I'll continue to say forever, there's a lot of parallels between what we learn about in business and learn about in personal finance and life. And uh, when you have a lot of money in your business, you think differently about decisions than you do if you don't have a lot of money in your business. Uh, same thing's true in your personal life. When you first get paid, you're balling, right? <laughs> Wheat and steak tonight. You know, we're going out. Things are great, right? You've got extra money. You've got some disposable income. But that few days before your next paycheck, you know, if you don't have a lot of savings, you're thinking, ugh, well, you know, maybe we should stay home and eat some ramen noodles or some sandwiches or something. Uh, you make different decisions based on where those numbers or those metrics are. So accounting is more than numbers. Accounting is the process of collecting, recording, classifying, summarizing, reporting, and analyzing financial activities. Um, results in reports of financial condition of the organization. This gives you a snapshot of the health of the organization. If they are um, have a ton of assets, a lot of cash assets, and, and otherwise uh, material assets, and they don't have a lot of liabilities, that's a good narrative. But if they've got a ton of liabilities, uh, like if they do a million dollars a year in revenue, they've got $10 million in debt. That's not very good. You know, that means in the best case scenario, if 100% of their revenue, we're not, not talking about any expenses, if the best case scenario, if everything they had could generate went into paying down debt, minimum 10 years. But we know, of course, that's not the way business works. You've got to account for your expenses and all that. And so uh, we see some of these companies on Wall Street that have, massive amounts of debt that they carry and they carry those debts and they have negative earnings for years or uh, quarters on end 
with the hope that eventually they'll get to profitability, that they'll start. Well, once this, this narrative catches on and it becomes a staple or a cornerstone of what people buy, then, then it will turn into a positive thing. So it provides a framework for past performance, current financial health, and possible future performance. Because you can look at previous trends of accounting numbers and identify is revenue increasing, is uh, profit increasing or decreasing, uh, are expenses increasing or de- decreasing, and it can give you those metrics. And you can look at it the, in a similar way to the way you look at your household expenses or you look at your personal health. You know, when you go to the doctor, they do a bunch of blood work and other metrics. They check your blood pressure, your weights, and they can look at that snapshot and see a trend line of where things are going and make a recommendation based on that. So the accounting system converts transactions into a form people can use to evaluate a firm to make decisions. Reports include financial statements. And if you're a publicly traded company, this information is by law required to be accurate. It's required to be accurate for public and private, but the I think the uh, emphasis on it being accurate is a lot sterner if it's a publicly traded company because you have outside investors that are buying stock that rely on accurate information. I wish we had a situation where we would meet multiple times a week because typically throughout a semester, I like to show you guys a couple documentaries or movies. There's one in particular called The Smartest Guys in the Room about Enron. And if you're accounting people, have you ever seen this one? Uh, Enron, The Smartest Guys in the Room. Watch that one if you get a chance because they were really created this voodoo accounting system that somehow they made it work for long enough to make a lot of money themselves, but was just, they were basically booking future profits and, and revenues in, in they were taking them from the future projecting and taking credit for it right now in this current quarter and said, Oh, we're going to do this so we can just get claim that profit and that revenue now. And so basically saying, it looks like saying, okay, I'm going to make a million dollars next year, I believe. So I can go ahead and claim that million dollars on my business sheets and make everybody think that I've got the successful business when in fact, that's not an accurate depiction of what's going on. What it led to is that Wall Street and investors dove right into that company and started investing massive amounts of money. The people that were internal inside the company that didn't know about the, uh, the I guess, the, the lies and deception that was going, they kept their 401k in Enron stock. You know, They just left it right there. And the end result of it was a massive implosion of the company. The company failed. People went to jail. Uh, just a really interesting account of creative accounting and what happens when you don't do what you're supposed to do. So accounting systems generate two types of financial reports, internal for managerial accounting and external for financial accounting. Accountants follow the gap to ensure accuracy and consistency. These are the generally accepted accounting principles. I'm sure you guys have heard that term many times in accounting. Yes? Why is it important to have a, the gap? Why is that important? Standardized. Yes, correct. You've heard of APA writing, correct? You've heard of MLA, correct? The reason why we have APA and MLA and other Chicago-style forms of writing is you can uh, create a document that people will be able to understand your thought process and understand your format regardless of where that document is viewed across the world. And so we have these standardized systems uh, 
uh, so that somebody from Zurich or somebody from South Africa or somebody from uh, Australia could look at uh, your accounting principles or look at your statements and say, uh, easily translate what's going on and understand what's going on. So the FASB is a private organization responsible for establishing financial accounting standards in the U.S. No international standards at this time. Multinational companies must ensure reports conform to domestic country standard and parent company's country. So the internal users, once again, these are the managers, the CEOs, presidents, vice presidents, directors. These are the people that need to know accounting information in order to make managerial decisions. The people within a business organization who use accounting information. Some examples, sales reports prepared by managerial accountants show how well marketing strategies are working. Number of units sold in a specific time. Production calls reports track, uh, reports track and control calls. Managers prepare detailed financial reports for own use. Summary reports to some are provide summarized report reports to top management. And so in business, when you've got a business that's doing hundreds of thousands, millions, if not billions of dollars of revenue, they don't want you to shoot from the hip. They don't want you to make a decision that's going to have consequences without being able to justify why that decision was made. You need to be able to qualify and quantify your decisions. And when you have managerial reports, managerial accounting reports, you can say, okay, we see that when we invest in this type of marketing, we get this much result. So based on the theory, if that theory is correct, if I double my investment in this type of marketing, I should double my output because that, you know, that, that is the theory. So we'll test that theory and we'll double our contribution to this marketing campaign and see if it doubles our output or return on investment. And so that is just one example of how managers that make decisions can justify how they allocate those resources. Or if they say, you know, if I see that my production costs are going up, and I've got this amount of cash to work with, but I know that if I buy this much more supply, I can get a discount and lower my overall cost per unit. That is rational, uh, well-informed management decision-making. You want to be able to uh, have a rational explanation for your, your moves. You don't want to just be able to, like I said, shoot from the hip and make irrational management decisions. Um, when somebody, you know, when you have to report to the upper management of why these things are happening, you need to know, you need to be able to explain to them, this is why I made this decision based on this knowledge, this data that we had at the time. Not every decision is correct. That's, you have to understand that going in too. There is a margin for error. You know, you could do everything right and still, still something might not work. I mean, there were festivals that were planned for this summer where they had spent hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to prepare for these festivals. And guess what? It gets canceled. What do you do? I mean, how can you, how can you mitigate that? There were vendors that planned to be there. They've got a lot of time and, um, and product invested in being at these festivals. Can't, can't do anything about it. And so you have to realize that that is a part of it as well. Unknown unknowns. So the external users are people who are outside of the organization they have an interest in the business, not part of the company's management. Uh, their examples are lenders, suppliers, investors, and government agencies. There are annual reports that go out that, that are able to articulate the company's financial health. It provides a financial statement uh, or the chief element of these reports. 
yearly documents that describe the firm's financial status, past year activities, and future prospects. Um, it's very normal for a publicly traded company to have a shareholder meeting where they uh, pretty much walk through an annual statement or annual report and talk about, hey, this is what our current situation looks like. This is what we did this past year. This is what we plan to do in the following year with, with regard to either product services or um, major investments that the company will be doing in either new ventures, uh, infrastructure, whatever it may be. Hiring uh, large marquee personnel changes, like if you're changing CEO, that's a big thing you want to talk about. <clears throat> so the accounting profession, these uh, accounts work closely with clients to prepare financial reports and develop good financial practices. As the profession has grown due to complexity, size, and number of business uh, that needs accountants, frequently changing tax laws is another factor. Um, they work in public firms, private industry, education, government, and are self-employed. There's a lot of need for accountants. Um, a lot of people need uh, that type of service. So if you are planning to be an accountant, that's a great uh, industry. Uh, and there's a lot of side work that you, that you can do. I know the dean, Tracy Schmelzer, she's, she's an accountant. And uh, I know during tax season, she helps uh, do tax preparation just because th that opportunity is available. So accounting and auditing jobs will increase 11% faster than many uh, other industries in the U.S. economy. So that tells you right there, a lot of opportunity. So public accountants, independent accountants who serve organizations and individuals on a fee basis, wide range of services, preparation of financial statements, tax return preparation, independent auditing, management consulting. Auditing is the process of reviewing records used to prepare financial statements, issue auditors' opinion included in annual reports. Yeah, um, and an auditor's opinion is an important thing. If the auditor finds that there is some type of disparity or a, a, a major thing that's out of whack, that can be very problematic. You want to make sure that the, the, the preparation is done correctly and that the auditor feels comfortable signing off on it that it is correct because once an auditor signs off or a preparer signs off that a statement, a financial statement is correct and is as it should be, uh, that is like something they're putting their reputation and their credentials on the line. You can lose your license as an accountant if you are falsifying information. So you want to make sure that uh, what you do is truthful. And so they basically compare um, the statements that the company has, the uh, programs that output numbers with the accounts the company has at whatever financial institution they use and uh, make sure that everything balances as it should. Um, so I've already mentioned this. Certified public accountants uh, degree in the AICPA exam have to be um, gone through and you have to pass that in order to be a CPA. Are you guys planning CPA? Is that, is that a path or? So what? Eventually, yeah. Um, I looked at, uh, what is it, certified uh, financial counselor, uh, CFP, or is it certified financial planner, CFP? But that is, that's like a, I thought I would, could do it as a side gig. It's really a lower, like a, a lot goes into that. I mean, something like, I forget how many thousands of hours you have to commit to doing the work before they, they will give you a certification. So it really is a full-time endeavor. It's not something that you can do part-time, so... 
Oh, I'm not. I, I have found that I'm actually better at right. doing the financial auditing than actually doing the legit accounting. Right. I don't think there's anything that you have to do different other than um, different firms have different accountants that specialize in different areas. So that could be one, an area of expertise for you that, that, that that's what you do for that firm, you know, so you do audits. So uh, I don't think there's any additional certification that you need to specifically be an auditor. Um, but that would be a question probably for Ms. Cox to, or uh, Ms. Hinkle to talk about, or Ms. Um, Tracy Schmelzer, because uh, they work in that field uh, and have spent time in it, and I've never been an accountant. So, But from my understanding, I don't think there's, there's any additional credentials you would need. Maybe experience. That might be something that they want you to have X number of years before you start doing that type of work. So good question. So private accountants are accountants employed to serve one particular organization, these are, uh, I had a friend that graduated state with a degree in accounting, and then he went on to be a private accountant for a large company, and he, that's all he does. And I have another friend that um, went to ECU, and now his full-time job is being the accountant for a large company as well. So uh, activities include preparing financial statements, tax return preparation, financial information for management, management decision-making. Um, these are uh, certified management accountants or CMAs. There is an exam uh, available for that as well. And so reshaping accounting environments, a number of companies restating annual financial statements grew at an alarming rate. It tripled from 1997 to 2002. Congress and accounting profession took majority step, or major steps, I'm sorry. Uh, measures targeted basic ways companies manipulated financial statements. This is into that little voodoo accounting practices. Companies focused on making themselves look good in short term. Executives benefited, no incentive to question, no oversight, or no real incentive to kind of harp on why this could be a bad thing. Number of accounting reforms have been put into place. The Sarbanes-Oxley Act, I'm sure you guys have never heard of that. <laughs> uh, they talked about auditing standards, financial disclosures, financial statement certification, internal controls, and consulting work. Uh, I do know um, a little bit more about this. You cannot have an accounting, a private accounting firm uh, stay with you indefinitely. You have to rotate them out. Well, do you know the length of time? It's something like four to five years or something that they have to rotate out, meaning they won't. Um, like if I hire, what's, what's one of the big ones you hear about on TV? Markham, is that a big accounting firm, I think? Uh, there's uh, BDO is another one. Have you heard of that, guys? Markham and BDO, those are two big accounting firms. If I hire Markham to work, if I've got a big corporation to hire them to do my accounting work, um, I think they can't stay, but like somewhere between four and six years maybe. That's like the maximum that I can have them do my numbers, and then they have to rotate out to another firm. And there's the reason for that is, what do you think the reason for that is? Less chance of Yeah, right. Is, is to keep everybody honest. If I know that I'm going to have somebody coming behind me in four to six years and look at the numbers, I have an incentive to make sure I do things right because if I do things wrong and they catch me, they have an obligation to report it to the government. And that creates a whole lot of problems. It creates problems for the company. It creates problems for me as an accountant. So it's an accountability measure is what it is. keeps people uh, in, in line. 
So what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, basic accounting. Accountants report, I'm sorry, record and report financial data. They report findings and financial statements that summarize company business transactions over a specified period of time. So when you look at a financial statement, you're not looking at every single transaction. You're not looking at uh, all the uh, expenses or expenditures, all the controllable expenses and non-controllable expenses. When you look at like a P&L, for example, you're looking at a snapshot of the financial system at that moment for that organization. And so um, the bookkeeping is a system used to record a firm's transactions. Routine clerical process, yeah, just basically a ledger, uh, inflows and outflows. Accounting, the accountant summarizes the bookkeeper's work. Prepare and analyze financial reports. Develop and manage financial systems. Plan the firm's financial strategy. Yeah, and the this is an ever-evolving process. The way the numbers worked last year may not be the way the numbers work this year. You know, you may be in the process of having to grow your organization or you may be in a period of decline. There's this constant offense-defense thing that happens just like in a football game where at times you have to be very aggressive and push and then other times you have to entrench and hold your position and try not to lose what you've got. And so that's something that companies go through and accountants help them manage uh, the money. Remember, the money is the lifeblood, the oxygen of an organization. So the accounting equation procedures developed in the 15th century still used today. The main elements, assets, things of value owned by the firm. We're talking equipment, buildings, real estate, um, cash assets, equity ownership in other companies, um, the firm's own equity ownership, uh, things like that that have value. Liabilities are what firms owe creditors. These are debts. And the owner's equity is the investment minus liabilities equals the net network. So whatever assets the company has, if it has a million dollars in assets and 500000 in liabilities, the net worth is 500000 That's That's simple math. So accounting is complicated, but at the end of the day, it's very <clears throat> simple math that anybody can get how it works. But the how do we get to that final number <coughs> can be there are a lot of complicated steps. So the equation must always be in balance. Um, this helps, the balance helps to avoid the double entry bookkeeping uh, or helps uh, make sure that we have the double entry bookkeeping when things are kept in check like that. And so accounting cycle, process of generating financial statements, begins with transactions and ends with report preparation. So we analyze business transaction documents, record business transaction in a journal, post journal entries to a ledger, prepare a trial balance, prepare financial statements, and then analyze the reports. At any one of these steps, something could go wrong. I think the most important step are the, um, the entries into the ledger and the analysis. Because if we get the entries correct, that's gonna help uh, make sure that all the other things are correct. But the analysis is also so crucial. What we derive from that, those numbers, um, because I could look at a set of numbers and get one narrative. Somebody else could look at it and get a completely different narrative. And so we want to make sure that we talk about the analyses with other people in order to find the truth of the numbers. Technological advances. Technology has shifted accounting industry. Computerized and online accounting programs increase efficient, efficiency. Accounting software ranges from off-the-shelf programs 
for small businesses to full-scale customized enterprise resource planning for major corporations. I was listening to a CEO in the past couple of weeks talking about his accounting system. <clears throat> he said it cost him $10 million and took him three years to implement their current accounting system, and they did it in 1998. And they've used it for 22 years since because it's so expensive and such a pain to integrate accounting because you want it, once you get it going, you want it integrated to such that you don't have to do a lot of manual stuff. The system keeps up with these things that are happening happening across uh, the world. So it is these private softwares uh, or this customized enterprise software, very expensive. Um, has anybody, is my the only one that's ever worked at Walmart? You've worked there. Did you ever use a smart system? I guess you had to do that for inner request off and stuff like that. Okay. And they've got like request off and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. It shows you like how many like protected music you go out. Like like for me, since I was only tenth, I was able to accumulate like ten PPP like okay. PPP dope. Right. And I was able to use like eight of them for like a day off I needed or something. Well, I don't even know if they use the smart system anymore. It's been ten years since I was there, but when I got there in 2005, the smart system looked like it was a computer set up like the Oregon Trail that you played in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? It was old school, really, really old school, like something from 1984. And I was like, I can't believe I'm using this smart system that had a green, like a green screen, old school computer. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is so incredibly old. But the reason why they used the smart system was because it was low bandwidth meaning that it used very low data, and they already had spent a million dollars integrating it. It still worked, so that's why they, they stuck with it. Uh, but it just was so confusing because their inventory system seemed to be so cutting edge, but at the end of the day, they had this really simple, like, basic you know, user experience, and I was like, oh, man, it's just kind of clunky. Um, Small business owners should still take time to understand underlying accounting principles. Yeah, don't outsource your knowledge to other people because if you don't know it, um, it'll, it'll hurt your analysis of the, the numbers. And so financial statements, talk about a couple of these. Financial statements are the means by which companies communicate their story. Together, these statements represent the profitability and financial strength of a company uh, or lack of profit, profitability. Three major financial statements are the balance sheet, the income statement, and cash flow statements. The balance sheet summarizes financial position at any specific point in time. Reports assets, liabilities, and owner's equity. Yeah, that's important to look at. And like I said, a lot of companies are not profitable out of the gates. It takes time to get to profitability. Um, business is really extremely risky. Like, I teach business. I believe in capitalism in business. But you've got to have nerves of steel to want to open up some type of business because um, depending on what it is, it could be capital intensive, it could be a long road to profitability. Most businesses don't make money. There's a lot of zombie corporations out there that don't make money. Um, more than profitable enterprises, by the way. <coughs> but if you believe you have a winning uh, idea, a uh, good product or service, you never know. Um, assets, current assets are... Um, Converted to cash within 12 months, provide funds to pay current bills. These things are 
cash, marketable securities, accounts, notes receivable, and inventory. Fixed assets, these are long-term used for more than a year. Used in production become outdated, depreciation. These are lands, buildings, machinery, equipment, furniture, and fixtures. And then intangible assets, these are long-term, no physical existence. These are patents, copyrights, trademarks, and goodwill. Yeah, um, I was looking at Mattel, the company, earlier this year. This company has a lot of strong uh, patents and a lot of strong uh, brands. They make uh, Barbie and other marquee toys and things like that. And even though the company has kind of been on a rocky path these past few years because all the kids want nowadays is iPads and cell phones, right? But, I mean, I think there is a segment that still likes those toys, you know, the early, early years. But, yeah, Mattel's been on a kind of a rocky segment, but um, they still, these intangible assets, I mean, Barbie is in toys like that or marquee uh, brands that Americans still kind of relate to. And then liabilities, accounts uh, affirms, um, accounts what a firm owes to a creditor uh, or its creditors. Uh, current liabilities due within one year of balance uh, sheet date. Accounts, um, these are accounts notes payable, accrued expenses, income tax payable, current portion of the LT debt. And then the long-term liabilities due more than once uh, one year of balance sheets. These are bank loans, building mortgage, company bonds, things like that. So owner's equity, once again, the total investments in the business after all liabilities have been paid. And a sole proprietor partnership is the amount put in by owners recorded as capital. Corporations, they realize this as common stock or retained earnings. Um, yeah, retained earnings are cash on hand that they just have not dispersed. That is either uh, a dividend or anything like that. So, hang on a second. Yeah, I think of, oh, the income statement. Let's talk about that. So this summarizes the firm's revenue and expenses over a period of time. Shows total profit or loss, prepared monthly for management, quarterly for outside. Contains the following revenue, expenses, and then it shows the net income and net loss. So revenues, we should know what this is. This is the dollar amount of sales plus other income received from things like interest or dividends, etc. Determined as gross sales minus deduction, discounts, returns, and allowances leads to net sales. So revenues is all the dollars we take in for everything that we have dollars coming in for. Then if we deduct uh, for these other uh, things like deductions, discounts, things like that, that leads us to our net, our net sales. Expenses, cost of generating revenues. Think, think payroll, think rent, think power, things like that. So uh, goods that you're buying to sell, operating expenses, Cost of goods sold, these are expenses of buying, producing a firm's goods or services. Uh, manufacturers directly relates to production. You have to buy raw materials. You have to pay for labor. You have to pay for the rent of the factory and the overhead to run it. Wholesalers and retailers, goods bought for res uh, resale include shipping and packaging. The gross profit, the amount the company earns after the cost of goods before uh, the OE, Service firms, gross profit equals net sales. And then the operating expenses, selling in general and administrative. So a lot of things go into expenses. And I'll say that it's more expensive than you think to operate a business because never fails. More things come out of the work work than you can account for. Um, there's all, all the time these hidden expenses that 
you just don't kind of see when you think about it. And you, I, who was I reading? Um, I, I think it was Bobby Flay actually said this. He said, um, have um, more money than you think because it's going it's to you should save twice as much capital as you think you'll need to open a business because it's going to be twice as expensive as you think it's going to be to run it. And he's probably right in that. If you think you need $100,000 to open a business, it's probably good, advisable to have one hundred fifty or 200000 because uh, it's very capital intensive to open some businesses. Um, net profit or loss, final figure or bottom line equals the net profit or loss. Calculated as revenues minus expenses. Um, if revenues are greater than expenses, you have a profit. All right. If expenses are greater than revenue, you have a loss. It's important to note that profit does not represent cash. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can have a profit, but it doesn't have to be represented in a cash form. Income statement does not represent cash flows during the statement period. So statement of cash flows, this is another report. Creditors and investors are interested in how much cash a business generates and how it's used in addition to profit and losses. So this is a summary of the money flowing in and out of a firm. Um, and it's equally as important to analyze how the money comes in as it is how the money goes out. One of the simplest formulas you can use as a manager to win with your company, to win with your bosses, or to win with your owners when you get hired is to decrease expenses and increase sales. If you can do both those things, they will love you so much. Even if you can just do it by 5 or 10%. If you can lower expenses by 5 or 10%, that's a big deal. If you can increase sales by 5 or 10%, that is also a big deal. They will love you very much for it. So, um, man, one of the easiest ways to lower expenses is what? What do you think is one of the easiest ways to lower, lower expenses? Payroll, exactly. Yep, so if you've got 30 employees all working 40 hours a week, uh, four hours is 10%, so everybody goes to 36 hours a week. That's very simple. And it's not fun. People don't like it, but it, say it cuts payroll by 10% just like that. So financial statements are used to assess the source of and uses of cash uh, during a certain period, typically one year. All publicly traded firms must include an annual report, tracks cash receipts and payments, gives financial managers a way to identify cash flows problems and assess the firm's viability. The statement is divided into three groups, cash flows from operating expenses, cash flows from investment activities, and then cash flow from financing activities. And so just sometime when you get a chance, just download like an annual report for a huge company like Walmart or Apple or Amazon and just, just kind of go through it. It's just pretty mind-blowing to see how much cash flows through somebody's big organization. So analyzing financial statements, we study relationships among financial statements. One can gain even more insight into a firm's financial performance and condition. Company management must use certain standards and measurements to determine whether they need to implement additional strategies to keep the company fit and making a profit. Ratio analysis is calculating and interpreting financial ratios using data taken from the firm's financial statement in order to assess its condition and performance. States' relationships between data on a percentage basis based on historical data may not indicate future performance. Highlights potential problem does not provide they exist. Health management monitor performance and identify trouble spots. And important to present and uh, to prospective creditors or lenders. Yeah, um, 
you've heard this statement many times. Now, past performance does not indicate future results, correct? We've heard this. But it can tell you some truths. Um, there's another statement. All models are wrong. And that's correct. All models are wrong. They're predictions. But some of them can be useful. And so when we look at financial statements and we do financial analysis, we analyze it. They can give us some insights as to what the truth of the future is. And if we know that, that's extremely valuable. Um, if I know that I'm going to get hit by a car coming around the corner, I'm probably not going to go around the corner, correct? If a company sees a problem coming, an economic collapse, and they prepare for that or they pivot to something else that will uh, protect their resources and help them to keep their revenues going, that's extremely valuable. Did anybody try to buy a laptop this year? You did? Did you have trouble finding one? Mm -hmm. You did? Yeah. The ones that are used, people are pretty much selling them for full price. The original sell price. Yeah. More just because they know that they can't get Right. I looked, I, I haven't tried to buy one this year, but I did buy an iPad and I ordered it and it took a month to get it because they were back ordered. So, and I was like, and that's because of the economic condition we find ourselves in. Uh, what about toilet paper? Remember when that happened? That's pretty nuts and it's happening again, by the way. So, but. Well, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, literal hygiene items, but also figurative hygiene items that you take for granted when you, when you have it, but you absolutely need it when you don't or miss it when you don't. Same, uh, just like we talk about in business, there's this two-factor theory or hygiene theory, and when you have something like air conditioning, you take it for granted. You don't think, oh, it feels fine in here. But if it was 80 degrees, you would sure miss it, right? Toilet paper is the same thing. It's one of those life essential items that you don't think about until you don't have it. And it's like, oh, my God, you know. Well, the concern is there might be a lockdown and essential uh, travel would only be allowed. But during the last lockdown, I didn't really feel locked down, you know. Like, if I need to go to the grocery store, that's where I was at, you know. So, I mean, but I think it's just... Uh, little panic buying that does I don't think there needs to be that this time but so um, liquid liquidity ratios just talk about briefly uh, measure a firm's ability to pay its short-term debts when due special interest to creditor current ratios the current assets the current liabilities acid tests which is quick ratio excludes inventory from the current and networking capital measures overall liquidity um, there's a couple more things that I'll go over and not much more but I will um, briefly go over that in the lecture on Thursday and wrap this chapter up and post that. Anybody got any questions or comments about accounting chapter so far? I know that was a, a quick kind of overview of the accounting system and what's involved, but main thing you want to know is you want to get an accurate assessment of a company or organization's health. You want to know how much cash they have on hand, how long can they survive without any sales or cash injection. You want to know kind of where, what kind of dire situation are they in. Uh, they, and you also want to be able to forecast, based on what we have, where, where are we headed? Are we headed to, if we saw sales increase 10%, like clockwork, every quarter, is it going to go 10% next quarter? Can we expect that, or can we expect more? So these are valuable data points that can give managers uh, a the ability to make better quality decisions. And it can also allow investors, if I want to invest in a stock, uh, it gives me better quality decision points, like, I feel very comfortable investing in Apple because they have over $200 billion in cash. They have incredible sales. 
Yeah, I mean, they have a huge ecosystem. They have multiple revenue streams. Yeah, that's a very, you know, good good decision, I would think. Not financial advice, by the way, but that's how investors look at things. They have to look at it and make educated uh, decisions based on the information they have. So that's why it's so important we have accurate accounting. All right, guys, I appreciate your time. I will see you again next week on Collaborate Ultra. If you have any questions, always shoot me an email. There is a test this week, I believe. Um, so be sure to take care of that. And if you need anything at all or have any questions, please shoot me an email. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending some time with me on the podcast. I hope you got something out of it and learned something that you can use in the world and share with others. If you did like it, please indicate so by liking, sharing, or going to Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Until next time, I wish you well.